Well, welcome everyone to this magnificent episode, exciting, adventurous, full of curiosity and uh, the sense of childhood dreams and love. We are going to dive deep into a very big journey today, journey into life. I want to welcome John, Jonathan McDonald. Welcome to Superwoo Radio. Hi, George. How you doing? <laughs> Uh, mate, I'm I'm really good. I just had a big weekend and it's been a, a great retreat, a reality management um, in the heart of the Glasshouse Mountains and uh, it's oh, just love and life. It's uh, wonderful yeah. to see such beautiful people come along and then you know, go through a major transformation and to carry through with it afterwards too is really important because a lot of those seem to just fade away. Um, you and I had a really good time on your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's great fun. Brilliant. <laughs> lots of feedback. People love you. Oh, thanks very much. I really appreciate that. And I feel, uh, yeah, exactly it's going to be the same end result here as well. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's been greatly honoured to cross paths. I'm greatly honoured to have crossed paths with you. Uh, every conversation we've had has always been uh, very rich and very nourishing. Um, there's no, you know, we, we can talk about the weather. Um, and we do enjoy doing that on the odd occasion, but it just doesn't, you know, it's not the same. So um, I'm really excited and grateful you've come on to Superwood Radio. Uh, there's a, a, a nice journey we'd like to take. I really would like to start with you sharing a bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about your background, so um, my peeps can, you know, get to know you a little bit more. Cool. All right. So I was... Um... Uh, with my mother at birth for apparently nine minutes until she walked out of the hospital. Um, and so she then went on her own direction and I was uh, put into an orphanage um, and uh, was in five different foster homes across the UK. Um, and then eventually um, my parents, um, who were entrepreneurs, uh, they'd quit their careers to pursue their dreams um, they basically contacted this foster home and said, look, we'll take the kid that no one else wants. Um, and uh, and so they said, well, there's this little brown kid that, you know, isn't picked each time someone comes in. It's never he's never picked. And they said, right, well, that that's the one for us then. And so I grew up in a entrepreneurial household, which which means that they were penniless for all of my childhood. Um, so I uh, lived with um, with two other kids and myself um, and my, my, my adoptive parents. And um, it was they were completely skint. Um, and so, you know, our summer holiday was a tent out on the front um, uh, road, grassy area. And, uh, you know, presents were an apple or an orange. And uh, and but they graft, they grafted and grafted and grafted and then eventually when I was about 12, 13, 14, it worked. So I watched that entrepreneurial journey, which is why my work ethic is as it is. It seems confusing to people who feel as if I'm always working, I guess. But all what I'm actually doing is always following my passions. Um, and, and that's, and that's a really vital that's a vital distinction because um, you are you're turning inside out you're living your passion and you know I'm, yeah. it's what I do for my work as well we we are living our our fundamental purpose and and totally. living this wonderful creative and co-creative process yeah. 
gorgeous. Yeah, so so I don't so I don't see it as work, and that's what they were doing, and they didn't see it as work either. So the work ethic thing was actually just a passion ethic. Anyway, so um, eventually, uh, and through through, you know, I was I was very badly bullied from five till sixteen. Um, the first day at school, I got stabbed in the hand. Last day at school, eleven years later, I was stabbed in the ribs. And um, and through, throughout the middle of that, there was all kinds of manner of abuse and stuff. I was unfortunately the only person of color in a very very um, white um, Southern England town. And um, and so I around when I was finally stabbed when I was sixteen um, and I was bleeding out, I took a choice in my life at that one moment and um and i've lived by that ever since and i didn't realize the choice that i was making was actually a very ancient concept Mm. uh, because it came to me as if it was new information but obviously since then since i was 16 and i'm now almost 50 i've spent all of this time looking into that choice Mm. there's a japanese there's there's an ancient chinese stroke japanese proverb and they they, there's a similar one in both cultures from three to five thousand years ago which is that when when the winds of change are blowing some build a wall and others build a windmill and the choice is to use change as a powering mechanism right so that that proverb is massive when the winds of change are blowing, some build a wall and others build a windmill. And when I was on the floor with a, a barbecue fork sticking out of me, um, I was, you become really, really conscious of the fragility of life, the moment of time that we're in and, and your, your options. And so as Viktor Frankl says, you know, there's a gap between stimulus and response. And in that gap lies our growth and our freedom. Inside that gap of watching myself bleed out, I chose the response to use this as a powering mechanism. And I decided that um, for the rest of my life, I was going to um, stand up one more time than I'm knocked down and to not be attached to how many knocks there are. I I assumed that the whole of my life this time around would be populated with knocks. But I made a promise to myself that regardless of how hard they were, whether they were a stab wound or whether it was a business being business going into ruin i would not view my um fulfillment based on the quote-unquote failure i would base my fulfillment on whether or not i was able to come back from it stronger and that you know six books five books later became a sunday times bestseller called powered by change in 2018 which starts with this story anyway so my career then um i ended up taking over my parents' business, buying them out and then retiring them. They've been retiring. They've been retired ever since. Mm. And um, I then sold the business and sold, and uh, created my own um, uh, other company, which I then uh, had success with. Next few companies were tremendous disasters, but um, they were disasters commercially, but huge learning potentials. Mm. And, then, um, and then eventually became the, the chairman, the youngest ever chairman of the British music industry uh, when I was 27 years old. And by then, of course, I'd had like three near bankruptcies. I'd had two huge commercial successes. I'd, I was, um, you know, just about to open a TV channel on Sky, uh, which actually was more popular than MTV, and uh, which I then also lost everything in. Uh, Twelve, all the way down to twelve dollars in the bank for that one. Wow. That was came a few years later. I um, took over the commercial director role at um, Ministry of Sound, which was just about to go bankrupt, and licensed the brand around the world. Uh, opened the biggest nightclubs in the world in Singapore, Taipei, Bangkok, Moscow, uh, Egypt, and Las Vegas. Um, 
I uh, helped the PayPal come to market. I did a lot of work with Amazon and Google. I did six years with IKEA that took it from 30 to $40 billion turnover, but also a complete sustainable um, objective now. So they spend 2 billion euros a year on sustainability initiatives. Um, and Jesper, the chief executive of IKEA, wrote the forward to Powered by Change, interestingly. Um, and uh, so, yes, yeah, so my, my, but at the same time, there's been a parallel track about human freedom. And so my since 1993, my passion has been very much geared towards um, civil rights and human sovereignty. Mm. And so I got deep, deep, deep into this rabbit hole. Um, I was in a group called the Cypherpunks Electronic Mailing List in 93. And I was extremely inspired by the work of Tim May and a guy called Eric Hughes and a guy called John Gilmore. And, um, and anyone who's watching this, who wants to, you know, get, there's a lot of stuff to research already for now, but there's, there's some interesting stuff there. And, and um, so I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to know how technology could enable people to be more free mm. uh, at the same time, paradoxically, technology was constructing new prisons. And so I, um, uh, metaphorically and, and literally, so I was looking at how we could use combination of how we think with the tools that we have to enable greater liberation. And that became the subject of my um, second book called Every Single One of Us. Uh, first, book was a, first book was about business. Second book was about this, human freedoms. And now spin forward, you know, um, many years since 1993, I'm working in a, uh, um, a crypto firm that is uh, around the, the whole purpose of empowering freedom. And in fact, at the moment, at the time of recording, there's 82,000 node runners and there'll be a million by September. There was it's quadrupled in the last couple of months and, mm. and it will continue to quadruple, quadruple. And, um, and that's a, it's a, it's a freedom protocol. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, that's the, the, the roadmap has been that type of shape for me it seems obvious in retrospect yeah how i've ended up where i am but I, it must be a complete clusterfuck for anyone watching it's a portfolio career it's it's really amazing because um what what i admire about you is your humility and having gone through the school of hard knocks of life you know life's university and touching uh you know you you chose chose some very um challenging curriculums and the wisdom that you have gained and the man that you have become you know with, um, without kissing butt I'm you know this is just a genuine acknowledgement from what I've experienced with you and the time that we spent together it hasn't been that long but the times that we do spend together they're like I said very rich and very real and you both have uh, both are not you and I we have this ability having gone through the school of hard knocks um, both of us that um, you know we get to recognize that in people and we can see the people that have a genuine intention and a kind heart and the people that are in it, you know, more ambition and uh, a little bit self-serving. So your your altruistic approach is very, very beautiful. Um, what I do want to ask is out of that whole journey that you've taken and, and besides that moment when you were bleeding out and you had that life-changing moment and that proverb, by the way, my goodness, how good is that? Um, I would want to ask, was there another life-changing moment where, you know, the big aha, uh -huh, um, that, that, you know, that nodal point in your timeline that just, you know, changed direction? There's been, <clears throat> the way I see it in my head is the direction shifts haven't necessarily been pivotal. 
as in literally pivotal, math, um, geometry pivotal. Mm. Mm. They've been more of a um, uh, focal uh, mm. directioning. So uh, I've had less kind of complete uh, or fewer complete uh, crossroads mm -hmm. than I have um, more of an affirmation of things. So when the TV channel went downward and I'd lost everything um, financially and I had to drive back to a very angry wife with two very young kids and eventually ending up living in a car behind a pub. Um, that I, I remember driving down the M25 in, in the UK around London mm. uh, in my super fast sports car, going back to my beautiful house, all of which was just about to be returned to the bank because I'd been screwed by so badly in the, in the business deal with my business partner, who was, a, who was a, my first of two psychopathic business partners. I had then lost everything again several years later to another different person. Anyway, so I was driving down, the, driving down the, the highway and I thought, well, it would be so easy just to do this with a steering wheel and it would all be over. And I wished, in, in hindsight, I wanted to say that to people that the reason I didn't was because of my kids. And that wasn't the truth. Uh, obviously I completely adore my kids, but it wasn't the reason why I didn't turn the steering wheel. The reason I didn't turn the steering wheel was because I hadn't kept my promise to myself when I was on the ground. And the promise is that however much I get knocked, I stand up more. Wow. And, and, I, and that's a pact. <laughs> So kind of reminds me of that song because when I was down in the dumps and, you know, depression and uh, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, disability pension for 10 years, I was, I was in some really deep places and, and I'd play that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again, ain't nothing going to keep me down, you know. Exactly. It's really, really inspiring and motivating and obviously you adopted that as well. It really stood yeah. out for you. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I didn't even, I mean, I I didn't know whether this was a thing or a mm. mantra or a dogma or a, a belief system. I, 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 it just, you, I had a binary choice when I was 16. Mm. And the choice was, was to get up. And then I got into martial arts and I became a black belt and even competed at the world championships in 2019, you know? Mm. So, um, but my, I, I don't really, I don't want to sound glib like about this, but I don't really mind the level of beating because there is no beating that I will not stand up from. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of, I mean, in my sixth book, The Rise of Advanced Thought, that anyone can get from Spotify free of charge, um, The Rise of Advanced Thought starts with a, and starts and ends with an entire chronology of the last 15 years or 14 years of mm -hmm. coin flips that I make every year between two things that I can't do. And so I can't quote unquote can't with a small C. And um, and so I've picked ridiculous challenges like climb El Capitan without ropes or become a yacht captain or run the run the the English marathon versus from the English Channel or mm -hmm. um, you know just crazy that the hardest coin flip because wherever it lands on heads or tails I have to execute the, the yeah. what it lands on. Yeah, and yeah. so the, the the hardest one was forgiving every single person that had ever hurt me in my life. And it took me two years. And the last, I managed to find all but three people because mm. two of them had died among them were still in prison. And the guy that, um, the, the last guy that I managed to successfully find uh, was the guy that had stabbed me when I was 16. And I found him in a swimming pool in the South of England with his daughter. 
And uh, I was, I, I waited for him to come out of the swimming pool and everything else. And I came up to him and I said, hey, um, you know, do you remember me? And he didn't remember. And I told him the situation, why I was there and what he had done to me. And he didn't remember. And he said, look, I've done so many bad things in my life to so many different people. I can't remember stabbing you, you know, attempt in an attempted murder. Incredible. I can't remember that. Yeah. How dark do you need to get to? Yeah. You can't remember right. attempting. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> so, um, so I said, well, listen, you know, I don't want to speak in front of your daughter, but I'd like to have a chat with you. And so he gave me his number and I met up with him a day later. And I said, I'm here because I want to forgive you. I'm not going to carry around any bad feeling about anyone anymore. Um, I want to say, I want you to know that I love you as a human being, uh, regardless of what you've done in the past, because it's, that's the past. It's, you know, life is a very cruel teacher sometimes because it gives you the test first and the lesson afterwards, right? So anyway, so he, so he started to, to cry, broke down in tears. And we then spent the next two years together finding all of the people that he had abused oh. and him apologizing to them. John. And so this is outlined in my, my most recent book. And that's probably one of the most profound wow. things that's ever happened to me. Oh, John, you blow me away. You, that is gold. Wow. Whole, whole new level of respect, bro. Seriously. I've never heard that from anyone. I've never heard that done before. So thank you. Thank you for inspiring us. You're inspiring me. Um, I have been in the healing process and, and forgiving everyone as well because of uh, everything that I've been through in my life. Um, and I, but not to the degree where I hunted people down like that. That is, uh, that's next level, mate. That is. Two, two years, $30,000 in two years. Yeah. Yeah. What an inspiration. Yeah. Best thing I've ever done. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the, I think the, <clears throat> the learnings of the learnings are quite apparent, but you know, one of the things that anyone who's watching or listening to it can do each day um, as a little mi micro version of this gives you the same result, by the way. So even though I'm going to give you a tool that's, that's a micro version, it's free. You can do it from now. Like um, if you're walking down a street or walk in a park, wherever you're walking um, and, or traveling, I should say, because not all of us are fortunate enough to be able to walk. But if you're, walk, if you're moving around somewhere and you see a stranger, I want you to just look at them, not in a creepy way, <laughs> but look at them and, and drum up the feeling inside you that you want them to have the best possible day of their entire life. Mm. And you want it so badly that every single part of your own energy is to give them the best possible day. And you transmit it to them, and then you carry on on your on your daily path. Now, if you, do, I've done that now for, uh, I do that four or five times a day for the last twenty years. Mm -hmm. And the end of the day, you go to sleep <laughs> feeling as if you've really loved, and 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 it's on top of the the fortune that we have with our partners and and so forth, and and hopefully with ourselves. But to love to to be able to give or forgive or to, to, to enable and to love a complete stranger wholeheartedly so much so that this is the best day of their entire life is going yeah. to happen today. Yeah. It has a massive impact. It's huge. I oh, am. Yeah. yeah, that is gold. That is absolutely gorgeously beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Great wisdom. Great wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great wisdom. I love it. Yeah, when when I'm in a shop and people say, oh, have a beautiful day, and I turn around and say, have a beautiful everything forever. You know, why just one day? Beautiful. I love that. And also when you say to people, um, I always ask people twice how they're doing. This is another another trick, another tool. If you say to someone, how are you doing? And then they respond because most people go, yeah, fine. And then you go, how are you doing? Mm. And, And you then can that's empathy Mm. you don't need to know this person it's 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 as simple as making sure that you hug someone heart to heart as opposed to so just just saying someone how are you doing and then saying how are you doing and the there's a power that that empathy has i mean this is life energy here and so you know we're talking about empathy we're talking about compassion we're talking about forgiveness and gratitude it's so remarkably simple it's a lot more simple to do this than navigate navigate the menu of social media platforms or mm-hmm. work out how to use TikTok or Snapchat or or, or or read through news feeds to work out which stuff is nonsense and biased and which stuff is is true. It, it you know we don't need any of these things, which is why I've deplatformed myself in so many um, places. Mm-hmm. What we really truly need is to understand the power of love mm-hmm. and the power of compassion. And and I think if we could at the same time negate or reduce or remove comparison, um, we could do we could do so much more because what we tend to do is we compare our success to someone else's success, or we compare our looks to someone else's looks, or we compare our wealth to someone else's wealth, and and there's no benefit in that comparison. The only I mean, I was speaking to Mark Parker about this, the chief executive of Nike, years ago, like 15 years ago, and he said. Uh, he's this brilliant quote I've never forgotten since. And he said, he, I, I said to him, you know, how do you think Nike are doing in comparison to Adidas or Puma and, some, uh, and everything else? And he says, I have absolutely no idea. I don't compare mm. Nike to the competition. I compare us to our potential. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the last day I've compared myself to anyone or anything. Yeah. I'm not interested in, in the comparison. I don't think we need it. We've got enough problems with fear and greed. We don't need to add the ugly sister of, com- of comparison to that. Oh, mate, I wholeheartedly agree. In my early days, I was in, I was stuck in that comparison space and I felt so inadequate and, uh, you know, uh, insecure and all these things. And then after a while, I just learned, I've just got to get on with what I've got to get on with. And all I really need to do is live my creative process and everything else takes care of itself. The universe is unfolding as it should. You know, it, it, there's no there's no requirement for us to try and and um, complicate things. I mean, I yeah. I class myself as self as Buddhist as yeah. opposed to Buddhist, and <laughs> the reason I say Buddhist is because is because I kind of I like I I take parts of Taoism and parts of Buddhism and parts of you know because because ultimately and maybe this is you know having four hour ask sessions and helps to the, this perspective but and by, and by I, the way you can say anything on this platform anything sweet great i have good good and so because i've already been kicked off youtube for a video that i did about the pandemic and uh yeah that that was um, yeah, yeah. Got a healthy warning from the youtube police going you can't say that anything the who are doing are wrong i'm like but they're a bunch of fucking criminals so anyway but so <laughs> the, the, <laughs> but the um but yeah so so i class myself as a um as, as buddhist because the um nearest uh human way of exemplifying what i 
practice is along the lines ish of that type of approach mm. um i i feel that my real true peace in this particular mm. vessel that i'm in inhabiting at the moment um comes from letting go of everything that would normally be seen as the human condition i.e the striving for something or the mm. the um, you know the need for some of the hope of something you know these things are traps these are these are booby traps and they're like you know worst case they're landmines and and the the, the liberation of, of of dropping yourself into the ocean and feeling as if you are literally the water yourself mm. um has has right more power more power than becoming uh, a millionaire and from I, I from having one and lost millions the i can assure anyone who's watching this if you're under any doubt um that you that that maybe if you get another three hundred thousand dollars you'll be happier i guarantee you that's not the answer mm -hmm. and it's so easy people say you know money doesn't give you happiness money gives you choices but you know what here's the kicker you have the same choices before you have the money it's purely <laughs> as to whether or not you what you choose to live inside you know so um people people feel mm -hmm. as if money if money if money if money is required for something mm -hmm. what would you do if you couldn't spend money now so i mean i i went bankrupt um so i was three times near bankruptcy and then I actually did go bankrupt and my uh so the choices that we you know had so my wife and I um we had absolutely nothing and we're living above a uh, above a shop uh, in a one bedroom place that didn't it did what well, there are no locks on the doors it was just you know basically it was just <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this is you know it was just a really really bad shitty outcome and um i we had i think it was of 11 pounds left so the time i almost went bankrupt was 12 pounds 67 left this time it was 11 pounds and i declared bankruptcy and so everything had to be returned we gave you know gave everything back and so we we're living in two suitcases and we couldn't travel anywhere because we've got 11 pounds and we had this kind of deep meaningful conversation where I said, listen, I've made a pact when I was 16. So the pact is the pact, you know, we're, we're going to come up from this Phoenix flames, choose it as you wish, but this is not the end just so you know, right. yeah. um, it, you know, and we went and she is, I mean, you know her, so she's, she's of all of the human beings in the world. I mean, the whole family actually are like this, which is why, yeah. you know, but so, so of all of the human beings in the world to dig that type of approach, this is the one, right? This is, you know, so she was like, sweet so we went to bed we had a little meditation went to bed and and i just let it all go to the universe i lay there in bed and i think we could i think we had covered until i begged someone that borrowed something and we could pay until friday this was thursday so we had one night left and then we were actually out and we'd already spent the 11 dollars on as much food as we could cram into the, to the and so that was it and um and it's beautiful. There's this absolutely amazing feeling that that comes when there's no other noise left. There's no boss um, banging at your door. There's no, you know, it's it, it was. And I'm fortunate enough because my kids have grown up now, so they they have got their own jobs and so forth. So, admittedly, there was fewer concerns. Or that wasn't the case the last time when I was sitting sleeping in a car behind a pub with my then wife now ex for obvious reasons and um and so yeah so i woke up in the morning and i waited for the sign i waited for the universe to speak mm. and i sat in silence and walked around a bit and went jogged jogged in the park and 
sat down next to some trees. <laughs> and then, ding, there's this person who goes, oh, um, desperate for a website to be built. And I was like, oh, yeah. I remember I told someone once that I was able to build websites. Oh, and they're like, right. can we pay you like £6,000 to build this website? We'll pay you up front. And I was like, ah. Oh. Oh. And, and the key is, is that the happiness after that phone call was just the same as the happiness before the phone call. It's just after the phone call, we were able to eat. Before the phone call, it was wow. pretty tricky because I was going around the forest trying to find stuff to eat from the floor. Yes. So all I did was switch food from the floor of the forest to food from the supermarket. Now, one argument is to say that the truest point of happiness was before the phone call. And I'll leave that to the viewers and listeners Indeed. to decide which one they feel is, is true happiness. Mm. Yeah, it's just the ignorance of the masses that maintains the artificial construct that money is real. Mm. Um, it's a completely made up thing <laughs> um, and so it, and it is a control mechanism to keep the proletariat low uh, so you know it's, I, I have a very interesting relationship with money and, can you uh, enlighten you know, me on, yeah. on the word proletariat yeah I haven't yeah. heard that word before so the proletariat is a um, the proles or the proletariat is a is an Orwellian um, uh, describe it's not exactly Orwellian, but Orwell used it in 1984, uh, a descriptor of the people who are the factory workers, the, the oh, commoners. Now I remember that word. And, I did read yeah, that. Yeah, and, and the proles, the proles you know, you have you have Big Brother and then <laughs> and then Soma um, he was the, is the the kind of the, the chemical, if you like, or the, right. the drink that keeps everyone nulled. And you that could was from argue Brave that, New World. That's right. And so the Brave yeah. New World, Soma, you could argue, is social media. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going down a, a rabbit hole of, of, of mindful, well, of nothingnessness, and I think that fulfillment lies within that level of peace for me. In one all, part, fulfillment. All life there. emerges out of that void space, doesn't it? It's, um, yeah. it's so still and quiet in my work. I call it the fields of intention, where we, mm. we're perfectly still, and then we can just quietly go about, you know. Um, birthing and and and, and spawning yeah. intentions which then yes. launch into a creative process from that yes space. and if we can if and if while we're doing that mm. if we can just be okay with mm. whatever comes um what we tend to try and do is want so we're in a, a moment in that pure intention the moment of intention void mm. what we sometimes do and i'm as guilty as anyone else is we want it's like if only i could or mm. uh, it will be okay if and and the truth is it is everything already. Yeah. You are everything. You are not only good enough, you are completely and utterly abundant. You yeah. have every single thing right now in this vessel. You have the yes. entire universe. You're carrying around the entire universe and any version of God you want right now. It's all that it's all yours. So we don't need to want once we have everything anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> This is what I love. You speak my language. <laughs> it is. We are walking universes, right? Every every cell is a galaxy. Every molecule's a nebula, and every atom is a star system. We are literally walking universes, and you know, taking that journey into our universe is beautiful. It's like a giant Tardish. The moment you go in there, it just opens to a universal paradigm. It's phenomenal. 
It's unlimited. I mean, you, you yeah. then, I mean, but you know, Tony Robbins called Unleash the Power Within and he managed to write in a way that was the furthest kind of very westernized version of what you could find in the Vedic Sanskrit texts from, mm. you know, 5,000, 10,000 BC. And, and so, <clears throat> but the unleashing of the power within is kind of like a, a baby, uh, kind of a surface level version of the point. The point is that not that you have self-belief, you can do it. The, the actual version is you are it all. And so it's, it, and so the, I don't think he went heavy enough into that. And like the same as Eckhart Tolle with, with Power of Now. Yes, there is only one moment. There is no future. There's no past. There's only one moment. But I wish, I wish, and I said this to Eckhart Tolle himself when I went to see him speak, that I would have resonated with it more, not that he's right or wrong, and I'm certainly not right or wrong, but I'd have resonated with it more if it was a wider and deeper perspective. So yes, there's only one now and the past is gone and the future's gone, but also my view is that we're all the past and all of the future and all the present all at once. Mm -hmm. Everything is happening all at one time. Correct. And and so and so and the reason why I like speaking to you when I, when we when we first met and until and up until now <laughs> is that all of these concepts are backed up by the deepest scientific evidence mm, ever. Yes. So so yes. We, we can say woo woo words, which by mm. the way, and anyone I love the fact it's called Super Woo Radio because my view of people, um, the derogatory version of woo woo is said by people who are either afraid or ashamed. To look deeper into things. That's what when That's people a say very, it, very, very, very good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so when so when people talk about when people talk about these things, um, if you look at it from a scientific perspective, and let's imagine that we were saying on a Super Woo radio show that <laughs> we are stardust. Let's say I'm just going to pick mm-hmm. one of these, and people go, "Oh yeah, well he's talking about us being stardust." It's like. No, literally. <laughs> like, let's look at it from a from a from a dark science perspective. From you, you throw a rock in the air in a in a library in the science section, and it will land on a book that explains to you exactly how it started us. <laughs> oh, I know it's all bullshit, and I'm like, no, no, seriously, seriously, this is science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we are, we are galaxies, we are stars, and yeah, I've talked about that, you know, when you, the the um, uh, elders used to say to the youngsters around the fire, you know, that star up there, that one over there, that that's your uncle, that one, you know, yeah, mm, yeah. stunning. But, not, and, and but he, and one of the things that I one of the conversations I had recently was about ancestral DNA um, with someone who was um, very very anti the concept that our dna could well be carrying um past life traumas and so forth and so you know when we look at it from a biological chemical and biological perspective the um our dna not only um changes over time as as we've discussed on on, on a recent chat but the <coughs> but it 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 comes from the past DNA structures that are there, like Correct. literally, not yeah. not like this is the weird spiritual shit. It's like, yeah. like where do you think it came? It's the same as when I say to people who are um, complete meat eaters and will not be vegetarian, will not be vegan, um, and I'm not. I'm an omnivore, so I'm just saying this as a, as a very neutral perspective. Yeah. But 
but when when I explain to people who are anti-vegetarian or anti-vegan, I and they say, well, the reason is because you're not getting enough protein. I say, from a scientific perspective, how do you think these animals that are eating vegetables and fruits and, and herbs are getting their protein? Do you think the animal yeah. actually has protein inside it, like mm. natively? Because it doesn't. The protein comes in from mm. the vegetables, mm -hmm. and then you eat the animal and get the protein. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Just to know that. Bring in some science here, because that's the, the shit we're talking about. You know? Exactly. No, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It's like, okay, cool. Well, and they grow such beautiful meat. Like, really? Yeah. Like, hello? <laughs> I know you can get as much protein out of vegetables as you can out of meat, but it's just, uh, it's, 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 I think one of the things that I've also done along with gratitude and love and, 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 and the peace finding is an acceptance. And I stepped down over the last 15, 20 years from position in, even in my own thoughts of being an authority of anything mm -hmm. um, and, and, and to become a master of none. And so the, the, that's kind of got me into a position of, beautiful um empowerment whereas yeah. i was i was chasing force uh to, for, of authority and there's a great book called power versus force which describes this i realized that my forcefulness and my feeling of omnipotence was the least empowering position i could be in mm -hmm. and imposed um genuine feeling of curiosity and ignorance to oh i didn't know that i didn't know i wanted oh, that's interesting that is the most empowering because what you're doing is you're liberating your thoughts from being imprisoned as frankel would say yeah. prisoners of our thoughts mm. um and and i've really enjoyed the, the i've enjoyed going back to being a student and i'm a devolver i'm actually in regression i'm i think i'll probably end whatever days and you know today could be my last day on this planet it could be in 50 years time i really have no caring one or the other but <laughs> but when i i think i'm going to end my time knowing a thousand times less than i do now <laughs> right <laughs> that's a really beautiful way of putting it yeah yeah because there's that that old saying that the the more you begin to know the more you realize how much you don't know yes and and socrates also claimed that that was a position of real wisdom yeah so there's you know the real wisdom is to know that one percent of stuff we know we know one percent of stuff we know we don't know and then 98% of stuff we don't know, we don't know. And the acceptance of that 98% stuff, that's wisdom. That's wisdom right, right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I and I love being in that place where I'm no, yeah. you know, I've got natural authority, we have natural authority, but that's not the other version of authority that we're used to in our society. You know, you do have the right and the natural authority to speak about what it feels like to build a business and then become bankrupt as a result. You've walked the path, you, you, you've walked, um, attended life's university, the real university, and, and therefore you've gained beautiful knowledge and wisdom, which gives you that natural right and the natural authority to speak on that subject. That's what I love about it. And in that expression, you also acknowledge that you don't know everything about it, but you do have a right to say about what you do know. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, and we can own that, you know, it's, mm. it's about how we show up as ourselves. Right. So, mm. you know, if, if we st stand in our authentic self mm. and say that I've learned these things, which is different than saying I know everything and I'm right. Um, and, and psychologically there's a, there's a very 
it's it's a it's stark it's a stark contrast difference those two things but they're very very close together so you know i i can speak with knowledge of stuff that i've lived through and observed um but that also doesn't mean that i can speak with knowledge about anything you've observed mm -hmm. and so where we where we can build a bridge i think as humans are humans is where there is a commonality of understanding you know you've you have you you have a set of experiences and you come to conclusions which are alarmingly similar to the conclusions that I've come to without <laughs> us knowing each other. Right. And, and I've based mine, I then cross-reference mine in scientific journalism, whereas you've only read a handful of books. So yeah, we've him. you've come up with yours for experience almost alone. Mm -hmm. I've come up with mine from experience and then the research. And mm -hmm. so our, our bridge between us mm. is the fact that we are able to talk about stuff that has the the fortune of being completely categorically scientifically valid. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's so, so much of it coming through now because of our ability to um, investigate as a humanity. Um, and sure, some of the technology, and we've got to be careful with that because the technology we're, we're, we're using is giving us a very narrative viewpoint, narrow viewpoint. Um, and that's by design. And, uh, and that's what you do if you want to conquer a planetary population. Um, you you uh, control um, the technology that they have access to because then the technology becomes a lens that people view life through. And that's why yeah. there's a whole bunch of technology out there that we could be using, especially the photonic-based technology, but we're not allowed to use that. And we've been ensnared and entrapped in the electrical universe. And, you know, yes, we're... Which is why Minima... That's, that's why Minima exists, by the way. So min Minima... Great segue. Yeah, yes, but Minima is there where Minima actually, this is how badass the company is, right? <laughs> so when it's launched, when it's launched, the whole company is going to dismantle itself. So there's not even any authority over the network at all. Every, every, every whoa, whoa. single person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Before that, oh my goodness. I've never heard that before of any organization doing no. that. Hang on, yeah. and before you go any further, John, please, um, you know, you use the word minimum for the first time in this conversation. So, yes. you know, um, can you just share with us what it is you've, you have you are now creating yeah. and co-creating with a bunch of awesome human beings? <laughs> yeah, so minima, uh, M-I-N-I-M-A, which is the plural of minimum, actually. Uh, Minima.global, anyone can go there and you'll see the word freedom smash all over the planet. Um, <laughs> so Minima is a, is a let, let me spin back forward. Let me spin back to <clears throat> the 90s again. So we're in the 90s. We're talking about technology enabling freedom, right? So mm. that's a whole thing. Mm. Then uh, we got to the end of 1999, 1998, 1999, and a paper called B Money was written by a guy called Wei Dai. And Wei, Wei wrote this paper, and we were talking about it around the time. There's a couple of hundred of us in the cyberpunk movement and globally and so we were talking about these things how how technology could enable systems to be citizen friendly as opposed to corporate control mm. and so he wrote b money in 1998 1999 10 years later that became the uh, bitcoin paper and the ideology that we were running at that this, this time was and then by then maybe a thousand or so people involved in this kind of movement globally and um, now it's obviously gone <laughs> a bit out of hand, but the, the point of all of this, 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 this crypto world wasn't to generate some Ponzi schemes where everyone gets ripped off or wasn't to even have 
stocks and share type, you know, uh, things that you can make billions of money from if Elon Musk tweets about a coin with a dog on it. That wasn't the point. The point was with distributed ledger technology, i.e. Block, blockchain technology, which <clears> enables everything in the network to see each other. It's like a transparency mechanism. The point of that transparency was to remove censorship and remove the middleman, remove yeah. the corporate architecture that stops us from being free, mm. intentionally stopping us from being free, mm-hmm. limiting the volume of information that we have access to, forcing us to use digital platforms that lull us in to some form of sense of not realizing that we're actually the battery. Because when a, <laughs> when a service is free, you're the product. So, so hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> that quote alone is smashing. Like, can you please say that last quote again? <laughs> well, I said, when the product the, is free, well, sorry. when the service when the service, service is, free, is free, you're the product. Oh. <laughs> so that's what we were trying wow. to be. We were trying to undo this, and wow. and so that was the point of crypto. Every single person involved in crypto since then has got it categorically wrong. Every wow. single platform, everything. Bitcoin's builds at the moment are nothing to do with the ideology. Ethereum, the tokens, the, 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 the Luna, the Tezos, the, 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 none, of, none of it. The point is to remove censorship, to remove third-party power, capitalist infrastructure control, that lulls you into a sense back of door. not realizing back doors <laughs> the back doors the back doors that are listening all the time you know you're walking with your mate on the beach you're talking about maybe your dog should see a vet you turn on your your laptop and there's an advert for a vet why do you think that's there yeah, these yeah. things when you turn them off at night time aren't off the mics are always on you have to buy a faraday cage some form of faraday device or keep your phone in the microwave or whatever it is but bear in mind, whatever you say is on the record and being used. Anyway, eventually, over time, um, I meet these, uh, this mental guy called Paddy. And Paddy is, uh, is just this weird Italian Renaissance-esque technologist. And he, I didn't realize his, real, his, his pseudonym back in the days, my pseudonym was Zen Radio. His name was Spartacus Rex. So I didn't realize it was that Spartacus Rex was actually this dude called Paddy. So I meet up with Paddy and I'm like, you're Spartacus Rex. He's like, you're Zen Radio. Fuck. And it's like, yeah, man, what are you doing? He goes, I fucking built it. I built it. I built the thing. I'm like, the thing? Like the thing we've been talking about for 20, 20 years. I built it. I built it. And it's called Minima. And everyone's going to run their own node. So there's no central database. Everyone runs their own blockchain. It takes up the size of a messaging app on your phone. It doesn't, it's, it's not touched by Google, Apple, Facebook, nothing. It, not even the phone networks can see the traffic going through it. And it can run on anyone's device. And then you have a complete censorship-free messaging ability. You've got a complete free, uh, censorship-free web. You've got a censorship-free currency. You've got a censorship-free. And I was like, finally, how can I help? And so I got on board and that was it. That's been the last three years of my, you know, three years of my life pretty much. So um, you used an analogy with me, which I really appreciated because, you know, for, for a layman, 
Um, I have a little bit of electronic knowledge being an old computer engineer, but I'm back talking back 80s. Um, so everything's brand new now. <laughs> don't, you don't, you know, it's so hard to keep up. Um, however, for, for the average person, um, everyday people, uh, you used an analogy to do with carpet and concrete. Oh. Can you can you share that yeah. one again? <clears throat> yeah. So so the minima is like a um, a foundation, like a concrete foundations of a building, right? So if you want to build, let's say, of a building on floor two or floor four of a building, what you want is people to be able to walk in there, regardless of their religious background, their government sensitivities or anything, and speak freely with one another without any backdoor listening devices. Let's imagine that's the room that you want to build on floor two. Mm-hmm. How you build the foundations generates the outcome of floor two. The problem is the foundations of blockchain firms at the moment are based on them becoming millionaires or billionaires, not you winning. No floor two. They've got a helipad on the top, and that's the nearest you'll ever get to it by looking at them making $100 million a month out of your buying and selling their control devices. If you really want to create a floor two or floor one or floor seven with a room full of people who can cross-border interact... I mean, you'd be surprised at the tens and tens and tens of thousands of conversations between friendly Russians and friendly Ukrainians that have happened in the last two minutes on Minima. It'll blow your mind. Is that right? So, and we're only in testnet. We haven't even launched yet. Wow. Anyone can go to minima.global and join the Discord group and you'll see it all happening in front of your eyes. Anyway, so the, the foundations of Minima are structurally so that there is no backdoor ability. No one owns the database. Minima as a company is going to disband. There's no kill switch. There's no admin control. There's no core base layer. Everything is, everyone in the network is the full network themselves. Imagine this with their analogy about you being as a a, a human, as a universe. Hmm. On Minima, you are running the full blockchain on your phone, the entire blockchain, all of it. Mm. And so is the next person. And so is the next person. And so what you have is everyone runs everything. When you download an app on Minima, you download the whole app code. No one can turn it off. No one can change it. No one can upgrade it. No one can put in a listening device. No one can do anything. If I create a, a chat channel with you on Minima, only you and me forever are the communicators. There's no one that, there's no advertising inclusion. There's no using of the data somewhere else because the data only exists when we're talking. The data doesn't exist elsewhere. There's no centralized data. And, and they, can't, when, they can't hack it in real time either, can they? No, no because it's quantum secured. So it's, it's quantum. That's, the, that's where I was going with this because yeah. it, it, it spawned yes. out of the quantum field. Yeah. So, so the, the, the information exists with me and with you at one time using mm. quantum superposition, mm. and it doesn't exist anywhere else at that same time, mm. whilst we're experiencing it in the moment. So anyway, Minima, Minima launches in September. It hits the exchanges in November, but we'll have a million node runners. Um, so a million people at the moment, it's 82,000 today. It was 30,000 last month. It was 1,000 the month before. <clears throat> we'll hit a million in September, but we've also got these giant partnerships being announced with other huge corporations that would enjoy that type of peer-to-peer communication protocol. And um, But what we're not in, for, in the business of is 
cozying up with a Facebook or a Google or a Microsoft or anything else or, or a government. That, you know, I'm going to say something a bit rebellious here, but you know, under the context of you know being able to say anything, no one can shut Minima down. There's nothing you can do to censor it. You can't close it, and um, and it doesn't matter. You know, you can't even find anyone to put the gun to the head of and say shut it down. There's no kill switch. It's out in the wild already, and it's grown like wildfire. Mm. And um, and so then, and only then, will people realize what this whole blockchain crypto world was supposed to be. It's not meant to be the way that it is, and it's heartbreaking from being in the conversation since 1989 through 1993 when it really kicked off, through yeah. to 2009 with Bitcoin launching. <clears throat> By 2010, I already knew that the whole thing had gone in the wrong direction. Mm. As soon as you include miners so minima has no miners obviously everything's pre-mined there's no com competition for winning there's no mining farms or validators and all of that stuff why because as soon as you include competition someone wins and someone loses, loses. that's not freedom it sure mm. as hell isn't equality the only way for humans to progress to technology is to have a completely flat hierarchy where everyone everyone runs the same version of the technology and no one's in control Everyone is equal, and then we have freedom. That's what minimum is. Wow, that's incredible. I am, yeah, that lights next level because you know we talked about a lot of stuff in our in our big conversation, and and so getting to the carpet and the concrete, that it's, particular analogy. Can you just you know? I'm, it's almost yes, like I'm asking you to repeat yourself, but it's it's just the yeah. way you presented that was really beautiful for the mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a different analogy than carpet and concrete because okay. there's one that I think is gonna resonate even more for for um for for, for listeners. Okay. So, <clears throat> minima is a railway track, and yeah. on top of those railway tracks, anyone can build any form of train carriage. Anyone can build a yeah. fancy carriage that has one thing or another thing, or whatever. At the moment, blockchain protocols are really, really fancy train carriages that look amazing and their websites look great. But the problem is when, when you haven't got a fundamental railway track that is based on the principles of complete censorship resistance, freedom, equality, and so forth, then your train carriage looks awesome. And then as you found with Solana most recently or Cardano, it gets hacked, everyone loses, mm -hmm. um, it's offline for X amount of time, you get your coins stolen from an exchange. Um, all of the disasters that have happened in the last three, four, five years of every single blockchain, from starting from when Ethereum was hacked, the Ethereum DAO that was hacked, that's because all of those are fancy train carriages. Mm -hmm. The tracks, it's about the tracks. If you build a train track, so that no one can knock the carriages off the train track, then you can build whatever carriages you want, safe in the knowledge that no one can knock the carriages off. Unfortunately, what's happened is that it's so attractive to build a nice carriage and everyone go, I'm going to invest into that carriage, mm -hmm. that no one looks at the foundations underneath it. And by the way, I'm going to spin us now back into, into non-blockchain speak and talk about life. Mm -hmm. It's not dissimilar, i.e. it is similar to <clears throat> the way that when we go through school uh, in, in the limited amount of information that we're given in school, largely uh, as a control mechanism, the main thing that we're not given in school, other than spiritual understanding and awareness, is financial literacy. And it's important that we're not given 
this because if we were financially literate, we would realize what a massive con trick the whole of oh, the system has pulled on us, right? Totally. So, wow. so, 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 so if we were given financial literacy and we understood the difference between assets and liabilities, if we were given that, mm-hmm. we would probably have seen through this bullshit Roman Empire 2.0 mm-hmm. a thousand years ago. Correct. So, so, but, so what's happening, and I'm just going to go, I'm using the analogy of a train track and a carriage, right? What we are told is that the, the train track's sorted, guys. We've got banks, we've got accountants, we've mm-hmm. got politicians. We've got the train tracks. Mm-hmm. Now look over there at this lovely carriage. You know, you could actually upgrade that carriage. If you take a mortgage from us, we'll give you a better carriage. Now, I've got a question, burning question, because I'm yeah. sure everyone's going to want to ask this question. Uh, where's the tracks headed? Off a fucking cliff. So, so, so the, truth of the, the truth of the matter is, is that, and the reason the tracks are headed off a cliff is because the tracks aren't built to last. These are built by short-termists. They're they're built in a short-termist way that Mm. lulls us into a sense of security and a desire for mediocrity, Mm. not wishing to climb too far higher and certainly not dig too much deeper to look at whether the tracks are actually to the benefit of humankind, which Mm. they're not. Mm. Now, the tracks that Minima is building, Minima is the track, yeah? Yes, and so, and I'm hoping that there's many other tracks that are of the same integrity in terms mm-hmm. of human rights. Mm-hmm. But Minima is one, and at the moment the only one. But that I'm, I genuinely mean this. I don't really care whether or not Minima is the the, the last or the second or the fifth. But mm-hmm. it's just, it just all need. We what we need to do is we need to look at the principles of the tracks that we're foundations we're laying. Mm-hmm. Minima's tracks are there in minima.global click on the documentation have a look at what freedom protocol looks like Mm. but if you imagine that in terms of um governance and have a look at think about that in real estate you know we should be looking at building fundamental um railway tracks that won't run out on us and we should not get lulled into the illusion of pretty carriages which are only there to hypnotize us away from looking at the actual issues Totally, bro. Totally. All right. Um, do you mind if I ask you a series of questions that uh, a, a couple uh, of my mates and uh, one especially, um, he's, he's got, you know, a, a bit of a genius mind um, like you, <laughs> crikey. Uh, your mind is in, yeah, I love your consciousness and your mind and your soul expression. Just so incredible. All right. Um so one of one of the questions are: What are the key competitive advantages of Minima compared with its direct competitors? Um, well, it hasn't got any competitors. So let's imagine that it had. Let's imagine that mm. it was just another blockchain. Um, maybe an advantage is the fact that people can run it on their phone and it's their blockchain as opposed to someone else's. You know, Minima's eighty three thousand nodes. It compares to I don't know. 10,000, 12,000 nodes on Ethereum. Yeah, sure, there's tens of thousands of other listening nodes and stuff like that, validating nodes. Minima has no competition to it, and mm. there's no mining. So you can't win and therefore someone else lose. You can't create a mining farm and, and then get a better server, better computers, and then win. Um, so I would say the competitive advantage is that Minima is for the people, and every single other blockchain categorically isn't. That's a really, really big statement because some of them are being sold as though they are. They are. 
they're marketed as such. The people's blockchain, the people, you know, people first. So, you know, this is this rate of complete decentralization. Decentralization only happens if there is not one central point. And there you know, can be and, no central point. And being at your place, and I'm not going to give too much away, barely anything, but being at your place and you stepping out of that meeting and talking about that moment about the back door moment in that meeting uh that that meant everything to me that because you people stood firm that was a big deal yes it was a big and, and I'll, I'll give a, a tiny bit of reveal so basically that some authorities who who <laughs> who were very who were very powerful basically said listen we're not warning you or anything but if it comes to pass that we need to get around the back because we need to see something who's the person to speak to and we said there is no one to speak to we can't turn it off it's it's just open you'd need to you need to take everyone's mm. physical mobile phones from them in the world mm. and they were like well no that's not an acceptable answer and we were like okay cool <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic! Yeah, now, that was that. That was a special moment for me, anyway. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, I like the way you shared that because um, it was a little bit different to that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's an edit, slight, slightly edited version. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I missed out loads of words. <laughs> oh man, I oh, if yeah, if I ever if I ever meet yeah, your mate the coder, I'm gonna give him the biggest handshake, mate. I'll go full respect to you, brother. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, what are the risks to minima blockchain being shut down, or which you you've answered this? Um, or what event would need to occur to slow adoption? Uh, so it can't be shut down. Um, there's nothing that anyone can do to do that. You you can't control <clears throat> most of the network unless, of course, you even if you went to 50 percent of the 82,000 people at the moment and you convinced them to run you, that you should run their node for them. Um, that doesn't give you any power over the network. It's a peer to peer network. So the fact that you are you could control 51 percent of the network. That's not the way the network consensus is formed. So the old school of blockchain, which is what every single blockchain runs like, if you could 51% control it, then you 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 win. Um, with Minima, there's nothing, there's no winning because it's not a mining network. Um, secondly, slowing adoption. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, where I think probably the awareness of the point of freedom uh, is the biggest challenge to overcome. We need to... We need people to realize that there is an alternative to the imprisoned architecture of capitalist infrastructure. And that, and that alternative is simple and easy to do. Unfortunately, Minima, because of the way that Apple are complete dictators, uh, Minima can only run on an Android or a PC or a Linux server or, or MacBook but can't run on an iPhone um, because of their draconian policies of, of iOS. But we we have a bunch of very, very smart hackers, sorry, developers who are <laughs> who will work out a, a way around that within the next um, six months, I'd say. Gorgeous, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. 
Okay, how is the Minima blockchain understandable and usable for 99% of developers and invisible to end users? Uh, easy. So the developer side is uh, Java. So anyone who knows Java, which JavaScript. Um, yep. Yeah. So Java, Java is a piece of cake. Anyone can go to github.com forward slash Minima, download the whole of the Minima blockchain today and build on top of it. Free. So that's that. How that's invisible to users is, is that um, the app store that goes live in about two, three weeks time in Minima, bear in mind we're still in testnet. So, but still anyone can go to minima.global and run your own node and be part of the group. Discord server's got 50, today 54 and a half thousand people discussing things at any one time. Um, yeah, so the, there's the apps that are going live in the next two, three weeks are non non-tech exposed apps they're just nice front-end apps there's a, mm. a chat app and a, a, there'll be an nft app coming and you can mint your own tokens and you know rather than ethereum which costs hundreds if not thousands of dollars to to use a um, minimum will be 0. 0.00000 44 decimal places of how much it will cost you to run minima we reckon it should be about three dollars a year wow in total wow <laughs> That is genius. Yeah, it is genius. So, but you know what? What's really simple about this, this level of genius is that the only thing that arrives at that answer is if you step out of a position of control as a company that has mm. a database and server farms mm -hmm. and you say, no, everyone's the server. Mm. Only their data is owned. They own their own data and no one else has it. Not us, I... not you. They have it. And then it's easy. And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I did a presentation in Brisbane in 2018. I was invited as a guest speaker to the Conscious Block Consciousness Conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was one of the last appearances of uh, Mr. McAfee as well. We, um, we streamed him in. And uh, it was just lovely. It was you know, a great honour to hear that man. And also... Mm -hmm. um, um, I, my presentation was focused on ecosystems because I wanted to bring it to people's awareness, you know, and I did it uh, in what I believe was a very respectful manner. And, and I got to people to understand that, hey, you know, you, you, you're raving about your cryptocurrency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm like, well, let, let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at its ecosystem. So where does that reside, you know? And then that resides in, you know, something called either Ethereum or blockchain. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Okay, that's the ecosystem you're operating in. And then I asked them, well, what's um, what's the ecosystem of Ethereum and, and sorry, Bitcoin? And they say, oh, the blockchain. And I'm like, okay, um, well, that's really nice. And uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look at uh, the actual um, ecosystem of the blockchain that particular blockchain uh well that's a bunch of servers uh that jeff bezos owns uh the in giant amazon warehouses you know server banks so everything that you're doing everything you're investing in everything you your creative process is literally sitting inside a warehouse a bunch of servers sitting inside a warehouse that Jeff Bezos owns, like because you know, you know, at that time he was owning most of the, the internet. Yeah, and now Binance is. There's a company called Binance who own most of the servers. So Binance is also a crypto exchange. They make money from everyone trading, and they own most of the Bitcoin servers. So they can turn Bitcoin off. Wow. Nothing, none, nothing that you see online that says it's decentralized is decentralized. They, we call them dinos, decentralized in name only. 
Oh, wow. And apt too, because, you know, they're, 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 they're ancient and they're old. They're like, last era, yeah. see you later. There's nothing, there's nothing that's decentralized that has a server farm or a company or a leader or a mining farm or a validator group or decentralization is a is an organic structure so i'll give you an example here so a spider is a centralized organism mm -hmm. and that means that it's a it's a head and it's got legs and if you cut off three of the legs it can't move to feed itself and then it dies or if you cut off its head it's dead anyway mm -hmm. a starfish is decentralized all parts of its life are in every single part of the starfish mm -hmm. so if you cut off one of its leg it legs it grows another leg and the leg that you cut off grows into another starfish mm -hmm. that's decentralized mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you if you look at this the, the Spanish um, invasion into the US, two the two of the invasions, the first one they arrived and they found a city of gold, and they found Montezuma, and they found the Aztecs, and the Aztecs with their city of gold basically were easy to 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 combat because the Spanish did the whole take me to your leader. They found Montezuma's city of gold. They then went outside the city, cut off the food and water supply to the entire city, and waited for six months, and everyone died. Piece of cake centralized structure two couple of years later they went back and they found the apaches so they said right take me to your leader and apache said there's no leader and they well the spanish were like oh well all right we'll kill you so they killed five of them and then 15 arrived where's your leader well there's still no leader they killed 15 75 arrived hmm. and so <laughs> the, the apaches had something called the nantan which is a belief system and a belief system of inclusion was completely decentralized. There's not a volume of people that you could kill that they wouldn't then spawn more people. There was more of them than the weapons. And you know how the Apaches were already uh, eventually overcome. The Spanish realized after two years of fighting that the common methodologies of fighting wouldn't work. So they did a stroke of genius and they centralized the Apaches by giving one Apache two cows and another Apache, three cows, and another Apache, the rights to the cows. Oh. And eventually, the Apaches fucking killed themselves over a period of time. Wow. They killed each other. Yeah, no, Greed. That's, that's evil. They applied, they applied greed mm. and fear mm. into a decentralized belief system and then just stood back and eventually the guy with two cows thinks that he's more important than the guy with one cow. And the guy that actually owned the, owned the cows goes, well, you guys work for me. And if you work for me, I'll give you half a cow each day. And they're like, fuck you. We don't work for you. We, who, who said, just because he's Spanish said that you're in charge, I'm in charge. Uh, yeah, then the Spanish just watched. They just, they just watched a very fast forward version of the whole of the human race. It manifesting itself through greed and fear. Wow, and scarcity and insecurity and, uh -huh. work and all those wonderful, awful things. Yes. All right. Wow, this is incredible. Okay. Um, will this blockchain project return value for all organizations within the network and how? Uh, the blockchain minima is as a train track company, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't really matter what carriage is built on top. There's organizations that are wanting to build carriages on top. There's car companies that want to use this decentralized protocol for vehicles to speak to other vehicles. No worries. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a big content producer that wants to create an NFT solution for all artists without any centralized governments or, or mm -hmm. Facebooks or Googles. Great carriage. 
great carriage on top of the train tracks. Um, so if you if you think about it, the um, there's a couple of two protocols that everyone will know. Well, you won't know that they're called this, but you will, George, but a lot of people won't. So your e- people who are listening or watching, your email, 99% likely is running on something called POP. Mm-hmm. And POP3 is a, is the most popular email um, uh, protocol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go online to watch this video or listen to this, you're going to be using IPv6, which is the internet protocol that you're using at the moment, IP internet protocol. This is the, the, the sixth version. So Minima is the first decentralized blockchain um, and hopefully first many, but POP is the email system. IPv6 is the internet system. Minima is a communication system. And, uh, and, and that could be communication of value or information, but it will be censorship resistant and so forth and not be able to turn off or control by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, with a protocol, the, what, we're try- what we're doing from a foundational perspective is enabling things to be built on top rather than another blockchain De- DeFi project that goes, yeah, we're going uh, to bank the unbanked, <laughs> which, which to me just sounds terrifying because it's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to centralize and capitalize all of the people who've managed to avoid it. You know, I've traveled across Africa and you know what? Most of the tribes people I've ever spoken to have said to me, the thing they're scared of the most is becoming westernized. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So will it provide value to people? Sure. If you want to build value on top of it, will it be for everyone? No. Um, will it compete against Cardano and Solana and stuff like that? No, because they are complete two-bit faceless organizations of a few billionaires and a lot of idiots buying their stock. So, yeah, no, it's you know, it's nothing to do with that. We're creating a protocol for the, for the future, the next web. Um, and and whether it, people use it or don't use it, it makes a difference. Minimum because minimum won't even be a company, so there's nothing. It's like we won't even be around to see what happens. Oh, so, yeah. I so love that. It's pure natural genius. I absolutely love that. Give um, it away. Let it go. Give it a try. Okay, so this one's an interesting question, and of course, you know, you 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 you've answered it mostly already. Um, what are Minima's weaknesses and how are you working to minimize these risks? Um, I think the biggest weakness with Minima is the fact that people probably on mass aren't aware of the pillaging that is happening with mm. common platforms of their data and their, and their lives. And so the biggest risk to adoption is that I'm not sure that people really, I think a 30% of people who, who are aware of what's happening and that 30% are kind of like possibly the same type of people who don't just naturally wear a useless face mask because they've been told to. Then you've got another 30% of people who are blissfully hypnotized into believing whatever Facebook tell you is the next best thing or whatever Google tell you the result is when you search for something online and you get a result and you go, well, I found it on Google, therefore it must be true. So there's 30% hypnotized, 30% awake, and there's 40% swing vote in the middle. And so the biggest risk for Minima is that maybe it's going to take 15 years for that 40% swing vote to become awoken. Mm. But because Minima isn't doing that 
there's no stock price on the you know the minimum coin will exist on exchanges but it will only benefit people who hold minimum coin and at the moment we're giving away 300 million of the coins to the community so so yeah i mean yeah it will benefit them if the adoption is faster because the minimum coin will be worth more but mm. if adoption is slow then it'll be worth less that's it mm. yeah that's it yeah beautiful okay um why should a fintech company on a digital entrepreneur or a digital entrepreneur use the minima um, protocol to host their vision what? um it's uh, it's an a b binary choice and mm. the binary choice is do you want to be in control of your information or are you okay to lend your data and your private information and your content to the platforms that are currently running the World Wide Web. I'll give you an example. If you're a content creator and you put something on Instagram, do you know that Instagram now own your content? Did you read the T's and C's? If you put something on Facebook, you do know that Facebook now own your content. You do know that they can monetize your content whenever they want. You do know that the picture of your kids is also owned by Facebook, right? So you choose. Red pill, blue pill. Mm, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and now, um, purely my questions now. Um, John, with Minima spawning out of the quantum um, field, are you able to share, um, to your best knowledge, because I understand you're the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, right? So you won't have access to the, um, you know, deep uh, technological aspects of Minima that some of your um, colleagues have. Um, however, you know, to the best of, of, of your ability, can can you explain how that happens because the quantum field isn't the digital world obviously so it's got to come out of that space and go through different layers into mm. the electrical digitized binary ones and zeros you know yeah. less than 3.6 volts above 12 uh what is it 11.2 volts or something like that in the switching of the diodes in the electronics which dictates what's a one and what's a zero yeah so, you've actually you've actually pretty much well you, that's about 90 percent of the description well done there <laughs> so um there is a there is a white paper so in uh yeah. in in if you go to minima.global and you click on learn and you click yeah. on documentation yeah. you could spend six hours wading through the documentation of exactly how that works um oh, so but so yeah it's all there the white paper start with a white paper and i mean it's it's insane it's, it's a work of either complete insanity or complete genius and there's a very very small area between it <laughs> it's a fine line fine line but, but, but the but, but in but in real layman's terms in real layman's terms where you have something that is one or zero mm -hmm. that is the binary nature of everything electronic that we have mm. tended to from a newtonian perspective believed as being scientific fact <clears throat> the truth is that things are zero and one at the same time, time. yeah <laughs> so, so 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 that's the actual science and the quantum the beauty of the quantum realm of the quantum obviously being the science of the very small the, when you look at things on a very, very, very small perspective with a very, very large microscope, you realize that everything exists all at once. Mm. And so the only thing to, to see when you look at a device is what you've chosen to observe. And so Minimus protocol is based on your observation mm. 
mm. of what it is that you are expecting to see. And then that part of the blockchain manifests itself either as a one or a zero or as a 0.5 if you so wish, because your wow. perception is the way that things appear. Um, in the same way as you know, uh, uh, same way as the split particle experiment, when when they when they observed it, it it's completely you know one result, and when they didn't observe it, it's a completely different result. And atoms will take their shape depending on what you want. If it, you know, people say when a tree crashes in the forest, does it make a sound? It's like, well, do you want it to make a sound? <laughs> um, <laughs> the answer is yes and no. Hmm. Is the cat in Schrodinger's box dead or alive? The answer is both. Hmm. You know, are you dead or alive? Both. Are you are you here and on the moon? Yes. The answer is always yes and. Hmm. Um, yes and. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And hmm. so, we, we, but what we do as humans, we're desperate, desperate for simplicity. So people go, "Where is the minimum data store?" I'm like, everywhere. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like. What I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's that's this moment. <laughs> you know, this, is what, this is what you're doing. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Mind blown. Yep, those wonderful little supernovas that happen in those moments. Poor, uh, there goes the yeah. old mind control paradigms. Yeah. By the by the way, one of the other projects that I love. So I'm gonna get off the minima horse. For people who are into this this thing, you've got to check out the Interplanetary File System (IPFS). That's the that's my favorite. Wow. Other than minima, the Interplanetary File System is badass. Wow. And so what it does is when you're storing something in midair. It explodes into microatomic particles, and then everyone on any network can store tiny bits of it without even realizing they're storing bits of it. And then when you want to call it up and manifest it, all the particles rearrange themselves from midair into what you want. And you can do that with Word documents. You can do it with pictures. It's, it's so badass. That is stunning. That is it's stunning. Badass. Yeah. So that's that's and in a, fact. Yeah. Is Sorry, that a preparation it? for? Um, communication is like what you're a part of beginning the um, building the structure of communication for our interplanetary and interstellar um, community yes and 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 in fact i'm i'm going to build an operating system a mobile operating system on the top of minima that uses the interplanetary file system called and that my operating system is called going to be called entirety and entirety is an os for every human oh. this world and the next on this planet and other planets right. so that we can actually have an operating system that is interstellar um that that uses the quantum realm and the atomic particles as our data storage to tap into the fact that that is what we are we're, we are all the data and so uh, i haven't really spoken to anyone about it entirety yet and um but that's my that's what i do next Oh, thank you so much for announcing, you know, mentioning it yeah. here. Um, you know, we've had it in private conversation. Now, what you, you just shared with me um, and with us here, everyone listening, is uh, you, you've blown people's minds because they don't comprehend to what degree the forward progress of evolution of humanity and the amount of infrastructure outside the public domain how much of it is already being built has been built is continually being built and developed 
for the time of disclosure and the introduction of the human race to our interstellar community. So can you speak on that at all? Because yeah, look, I mean, actually that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about um, IPFS because hmm. um, the, the, that is one of the most, um, be- one of the best examples of how bleeding edge technology um, uh, can, can manifest itself in a real thing if someone uses dropbox right now or google drive you could switch to ipfs and have all of your documents stored in 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 uh in the atomic sphere now right but but physicists um uh several years ago two years ago i think 2021 so last year um physicists found a way of squeezing light signals photon cells through the confines of a silicon chip to read and write data so that made it possible for uh, the development of devices that can link the electronic signals, the electrical signals used in mm-hmm. conventional computers, which mu- with much faster light-based systems. So, 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 so the crystal is the bridge of worlds between the electronic and the photonic. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so the new materials of that, what they're calling ferroelectricals or, or photoferroelectrics, mm-hmm. the photoferroelectric materials mm-hmm. allow storage of information in non-volatile way uh non-volatile way so it uses light as a stimulus mechanism Mm. to excite the materials Um, and the idea was to to create really really energy efficient memory devices with high performance and versatility uh to face uh current challenges so you at the moment one of the biggest problems with data is that it takes up a lot of room and server farms and so forth it doesn't with minima of course it doesn't with ipfs but big infrastructural Facebooks of the world and and your supermarket chain have to store lots and lots and lots of data. But if you look at it from an atomic level, why would we keep the frequency of the data so thick? If we could break the frequency of the data down Mm -hmm. so that it was more like air, Mm -hmm. and we can store it either in light or ferroelectrical materials. Age of Aquarius. Yeah. And then, and so what's weird is that I started, I was speaking about this 20 years ago, right? And everyone thought I had to be wheeled off into a home. And now it's, it's, now it's like the scientific breakthroughs. But for me, it's like, I'm sure that, I'm sure this makes complete sense. Like, Mm. you know, would you not, if, if you, if you zoom in on anything, Mm -hmm. if you zoom in on, on my cup of tea and my water bottle Mm -hmm. and me, you zoom in on all of that and it ends up as 99.99999% dark matter, right? So uh, energy. Yeah. And so and so, why would you not reduce everything down to energy and the 0.000001%, which is physical material, which is the, the kind of the cold, the cold matter. Yeah. We can, if we could take a snapshot of that and store that inside the energy, but then remember the energy structure and we can call up the energy structures at any one time. And for those of you who would like that in layman's terms, that's how we dream. So when we dream, we're, we're actually doing a number of things from a psychological perspective, one of which is we're relaying storylines with alternative outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the other, so that's the kind of the replay versus the retrospective dreaming. The other future perspective dreaming is we're actually forward scenario planning various different things and our imagination is still part of our thinking it's just when we're asleep we've forgotten to be so conditioned 
So when we're awake, we go, oh, no, I can't think that. That's outrageous. Mm. When we're asleep, we, forgot, we forget to say, I can't think that. So that's the way that atomics, that atomics work. So the, the atom field will arrange itself in any outcome mm. because it knows no laws other than the fact that when you observe it, it organizes itself as you wish it to. If you look at someone and you and you, fear, you are convinced that you can see an aura around them, the truth is you probably can see an aura around them. And so you're not mental. It's just that you can see auras, and that's and the okay. Doubt, and the doubt that sabotages your ability to do so. Which stops when you dream normally. So that's exactly it. If you can live like you're dreaming, when you're awake, yeah, then you're limitless. Yeah, that is absolutely sensational. Hey, um, so I'm going to hit you with a, a practical scenario, right? Let's say the the sun, let's say it goes beyond a burp. Let's say the sun farts, pretty serious, mm -hmm. right? Fart, and 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 a huge EMP pulse comes our way, and you know, um, we know that blockchain Ethereum won't survive that. We know that for a fact. Um, Will Minima survive something like that? It depends on where you've, um, you personally are, are running your blockchain mm -hmm. uh, or, and or storing your information. Um, in, if you, like me, store your information in the light, uh, in something like an IPFS mm -hmm. uh, database, it's up to you. Bear in mind, Minima isn't a database company it's a train track company it's a yep. found it's a it's a cement yep. company Love so that. you may want to store you may want to store your data in the interplanetary file system for instance um if you did do that then uh, bearing in mind that when things are stored in tiny weeny bits they are um they they aren't the structure of your data when they're in tiny bits mm. so if something was blown to bits your bits would still be there because it's already blown to bits. So the way that IPFS works <clears throat> is they literally blow your, that your documents, your data is blown to bits Correct. to an atomic level yes. and then can reorganize itself. So if the scenario you're saying is a pulse comes and we're blown to bits. Oh, no, I mean, they, talking about, you know, like just on, on that shallow electrical um binary level of our technology that's what's going to be it smashed right but yeah. because minima is operating from the quantum field i'm assuming it's going to survive an emp from the sun for sure and and the so what a worse outcome is so, but, so that that's that's survivable hmm. the worst outcome is if <clears throat> all humans were wiped out and the hum and humans weren't able to run nodes, i.e. turn on a device that run a node, then the network would stop if there were no nodes. So you need humans or anything, you need something to run nodes. And so the risk isn't of an EMP attack. The risk is that um, for some reason or another, nodes aren't, able to be run so actually you know i'll give an example when the russian ukrainian war started mm -hmm. well sorry when it was reported that the russian ukrainian war started, <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll ignore the last 14 years of massacres sorry all right um, so so, but, so when it was reported that the war started um there there was a the russians turned off the internet in some parts of that area mm. and minima for minima to run 
on devices at the moment that require power and require internet. Minima does need a device that's powered and has internet. So you could shut down Minima by globally turning off the power supply whilst we have phones and devices that require power. Yeah, so they'd have to take down the internet entirely pretty yeah. much to take down Minima. Take down Minima, yeah. All right. That's the risk. All right. That's the risk. Here's another Georgie question, right? Okay. Um, is IPFS a uh, technological mimic of the Akashic field? Yes, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, I see it as even probably, I don't think that they were actually aiming for that. Um, but yes, I can see it in that way because... They'd at least be inspired by it. In this I think it's inspired. I mean, I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was inspired by it because oh. I don't. I I don't think that they were. I don't think they were. Um, I think they were looking for extremely um, small. How you could minimise mm. uh, the the way that data operates as much as possible, and there, <clears throat> I think they looked at how to, how to make it as what could what can you do to information to destruct it so much but it can still come back together again mm -hmm. um and so yes to some extent yeah that's that's a technical manifestation of that i just don't know whether that was a my, yeah well i experienced that myself when i went into um, um i'm going to share something really personal now um Please in do. one of my uh journeys um when i was on uh dare I say, a mission, and we had what's affectionately called as a jump room. It wasn't a jump room. It was actually a puddle we fell into. And in in order, and it's similar technology but different but similar to Stargate, if you've seen the movie and the series. And, and in that moment, you literally have to give your will to live over to the technology. You have to have full faith and full trust into that technology because your consciousness merges with it. You are pulled apart to an atomic level, right? Yeah. And pretty much virtually a quantum level. And then you are you have to fully trust that you are going to be put back together at the other end. Because if you enter with fear, you run the risk of not being put back together at the other end in in, in the yes. way that you're supposed to. So yes. it, it's kind of like that, would you say? Yes. Well, I mean, Akashic um, is from the Sanskrit um, uh, for uh, that which holds all. That's mm -hmm. what Akashic means, mm -hmm. that which holds all. And one of my favourite um, readings in the Vedics is how the Akashic um, field is the, the enduring memory of the universe, mm -hmm. the loosely flowing energy pool mm -hmm. where everything is remembered. Mm. Um, in its true, in its truest, lowest state, mm. that's the, what the Vedics would, would say. So, mm. um, I think the difference between IPFS and the Akashic field. Um, there's a brilliant book I think called called Science and the Akashic Field. Which is, I can't even remember who wrote it. Anyway, so um, the I think the difference between IPFS and that is that <clears throat> there is a guaranteed rebuild in IPFS of the data that's um, uh, diminished. Yeah. Whereas with the Akashic field, um, 
the manifestation could be different depending on the state of fear and um, the uh, uh, numerous other energetic differences that could be in place or or, um, or maladies that are in place. Because at the end of the day, if you if you're if you're if you're vibrating on a certain frequency um, that is then dismantled, I think what you do, and I've, I found this through through um, ayahuasca in my first first treatment was that when I realized that I was completely and utterly irrelevant and by inside that irrelevance, completely everything, mm-hmm. um, I realized how extraordinarily distracted I'd been in my life of trying to be something else other than everything. Mm-hmm. And my restriction, I thought was liberation, of trying to be wealthy, trying to be popular, trying to be whatever, trying to be handsome, trying to be thin. Try, 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 try. And I'm certain that my first ayahuasca treatment went in the way that it did in terms of this giant universal mirror in front of me because I needed to learn that I was already all of the things that I needed to be. And all of the rest was bullshit. Um, and so I came out of the Ayahuasca uh, experience, part one, um, modified. <laughs> and, my, and my modification, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I was a very different person the next day in a good way. And, and I've never looked back. So in an IPFS way, if your document gets dismantled into atomic parts and then reconstructed again, you wouldn't want your PDF document of a contract with your, your landlord to come back with a different clause. Right. I came back, <laughs> I came back from my, I came back from my, my, my uh, ayahuasca uh, journey with a with different, a different clause. clause. love it mate oh, i freaking love it yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh a whole new set of different set of parameters of functionality going on now yeah yeah, yeah. we've merged i mean what what we're now i mean what i'm really excited about for for however long left i've got here in this version yeah. is just how fast um how fast spirituality and science and and uh, is is kind of colliding at this great force and now it's less nuts to say at a dinner party that we are everything in the universe mm-hmm. now maybe 10 20 years ago people go really 10 years ago it's like ah uh, and now it's like but no you know that you know and so i used to speak to kind of um uh, you know phys- kind of space engineers from Oxford University 15 years ago that would literally just say, you've got to speak to a hospital about the way your brain works. And I'm actually medically diagnosed with a, with a, with a, with a, um, a mental condition anyway. So that didn't help because people are like, you're actually meant you're, you're actually crazy. I'm like, no, I'm just on the spectrum. But now it's not, it's not crazy to think any of the things we've said. I mean, also I've been speaking complete reality. You know, IPF, IPFS exists. The Akashic system, the field exists in scriptures from 6,000 years ago. Nothing that we've spoken about doesn't exist. It's all real. And I just love the fact that we're not as 
you know, the abuse that I've, I no longer allow myself to have from people, bearing in mind that I, when I was abused in my, my youth, part of that agency has to be with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I, I have to own part of that. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. the, the abuse that I now avoid is that I'm not trying to convince people about my opinion anymore. I now express how I think with humility and some people relate, relate or resonate with it and some people don't resonate with it. And I don't care either what the volume is because it's not a popularity contest. Exactly. We're all finding our way home, right? Exactly, exactly. And you're in good company, mate, because yeah, throughout my life, people thought that I was crazy and delusional and living in a fantasy. And there was even family members that wanted to lock me up and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I'm, I'm at peace with it now. Back then, I was very wounded about it and very, it was yeah. very sad and very hurtful. And, um, you know, but they just, I just realized they just literally, and this isn't a derogatory thing, it's just a matter of fact. They did not have the mental capacity and the emotional intelligence to actually deal with the reality of what I was living. That's right. And that's okay. And that's okay. You know, and I'm at peace with that, you know. Um, And soon, uh, global circumstances, because it's all about to spill into the public domain, as you know, it's just Mm -hmm. the pressure's building, the pressure's building, and when the levee breaks... Whew, that's right. you got to move. Go, well, that's up. when the train. That's when the train track runs off the cliff. Yeah. Ah, and, and you know what? And you know what? When the train track runs off the cliff, what I love is that the, the 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 awoken world. Yeah. The people who have who are awake or awakening will realize that there is an infinite ability to put their own train tracks underneath the train. So the train track runs off the cliff, and there's a self-constructing ability for your own tracks. Why? Because we always had our own tracks. What's happened is that we were told that we didn't have the tracks, that you had to buy into this static thing. And if you don't vote, you get fined. And if you don't wear a mask, you won't be allowed in. And if you don't get vaccinated, you won't be allowed to travel. And if you don't do, don't, 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 don't. Use our tracks, use our tracks, use our tracks. And when those tracks run out, the, the liberation moment will be when everyone realizes that we didn't need the tracks in the first place. Mm. They weren't actual train tracks. There were prison guards in the shape of train tracks. That okay. is so beautifully said. Now, now John, um, a lot of people are curious, you know, just as we start to wind things up, a lot of people are curious about, you know, what's going to play out in the next little while. And a lot of people have got big investments, like some people put everything into Ethereum or everything into Bitcoin Jesus or everything Christ. into XRP or everything, <laughs> you know, because the XRP one was a big one. You know, I've, I've still got some some going on there. Um, what can you say to people like my, us, myself and others who are still, you know, dibbling and dabbling into that old paradigm, um, trying to make the best of it? I would say really concise piece of three pieces of advice. The first one is to have an objective of learning as opposed to winning. Mm. So we're going to say the problems with the third act of a play are actually the problems of the first. Problems with floor two is always a problem of foundations. So, Let's start from the ontology of it all, which is start with the objective of crypto of learning, point one, not winning, learning. Mm. Two, 
hedge, hedge across numerous different things. Put $5 here, $5 there, $5 there, $5 there. Why? Because you're not in it to win, you're in it to learn. Mm. Well, five isn't enough. Is not five enough to learn? I think five's plenty to learn. It's cheap. Cheap. Or call it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Learning is the learn. So, one, objective is to learn, not win. Two, hedge across as much as humanly possible. Therefore, the chances are you'll learn more. Three, remove all emotion from it completely so that the learning can come from your hedge in point two and it arrives and fulfills the objective of point one. Oh, that is genius. Wow. Yes. Yes to all of that. Um, do you feel coming up in the very near future that something like block, uh, not blockchain, but yes, the blockchain that as we know it, but I mean more like, you know, the, the game of Bitcoin that's been played, you know, and um, and that has been seen seen traditionally as the reserve currency of the crypto world, you know, in a sense. Um, how do you feel uh, that's going in, into the future? Is it is it a temporary thing that's not going to last too much longer or will it see the decade out? Yeah, so so funny enough, whenever anyone says currency, I always ask them when was the last time they spent Bitcoin and um, waited for the 25 minutes for the transaction to be verified. Yes, yeah, so, right. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, Bitcoin is always has been and always will be, I think, for a long period of time at least, like a commodity such as gold or derivative like gold um, or silver or whatever. Mm. And so, <clears throat> you know, finite supply, 21 million coins, 18 of which have been mined so far. Um, so, yeah, it's an asset that can be put, well, it's, sorry, it's a liability if you have to pay for it and it's not paying you. Ideally, it would be an asset, which is something that, that pays you all the time. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, if, because there's a fixed supply, and maybe owning one Bitcoin out of 21 million isn't a bad idea, um, provided that you can do one, two, and three. Um, unfortunately, what happens is that with three, with the application of emotion into, into stocks and shares in general, mm. we tend to see things going down in price and go, shit, I need to sell. Um, whereas, funny enough, that's the exact opposite of those that uh, gain material wealth, where the things go down in price, they tend to buy. And things go up in price, they tend to sell, whereas human, the public uh, emotion tends to do the opposite, which is what the former people rely on. So, yeah, Bitcoin, I fear in my I can't see any future of whatsoever. I think the 10,000 altcoins are complete nonsense. I suspect that the, um, unfortunately for XRP, you know, I believe they will win the SEC situation they're in. I think they will have a good stab at replacing SWIFT. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> so it's not bad. I mean, it's, at least there's a utility to it. Um, but yeah, this anyone who's been around a bit will remember 23 years ago um, in 1999, there was a dot-com boom. Everyone was online. Everyone's, you know, setting up shop online. It was, it was brilliant. Investors were throwing money. 2000, there's a dot-com bust. And it turned out that most of these things were built on sand. They were really attractive train carriages with no, with, with a wooden, eroded train track mm. you split forward to 2022 you've got a load of really attractive train carriages with a wooden eroded train mm. track mm. and so do i think there'll be a crypto crash where you're watching it anyone who's mm. who's who's watching this anywhere near wednesday the 11th of may 2022 when it's recorded can look online at coinmarketcap.com and look at and pick any crypto and look at the red line downward curve for the last week 
Uh, the reason is, <clears throat> is because gradually over time, it's becoming a dot-com crash for crypto in a way that people look at it and go, so we say that Bitcoin's a currency, but you can't really use it. You say that Ethereum is like the second best one, but the gas fees for Ethereum to mine to do a $95 NFT was $7,000 last week. So um, if you say that XRP is going to replace SWIFT, but no banks will accept it, even if the SEC give it clearance. And sure, Brad Garninghouse from XRP has actually already taken out $700 million for himself. So what's in it for everyone else anyway so as you as as you look more at the gotcha Mm -hmm. you look more at the gotchas Mm -hmm. and you think is there any utility in this market really truly Mm -hmm. and um other than the crypto exchanges where you might want to hedge and learn um i would suggest being quite um not bearish necessarily, bear is bear markets when things go down, bull markets when things go up. I would try and remain unemotionally neutral and and see what things play out like and don't do the normal human trigger, which is, but I want to make 10x my return or I want to, I want to know what the next best thing is or I want to know everything so that I can predict. The, the truth of the matter is no one knows, but of all the types of markets shape this shape of market that we're in at the moment Mm. this is not one to go balls deep on a big investment of any kind Mm. it is one to hedge unemotionally and watch and learn if you can temper the emotions if you want to make money from stocks and shares right now you'd be better putting it into a managed mutual fund an s p 500 where you buy a tiny bit of all 500 of the top 500 companies in the world and you ride the wave up and down Mm. um so that's 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 a better way of stocks and shares at the moment rather than crypto on a closing statement uh john um what do you have from our from a point of view of now stepping out of that crypto world and bringing it back to our humanity you know what what message do you have for the human race moving forward and what you see coming uh from now towards the end of the decade because uh I, I, just before you answer that, uh, I, I see the transition from what I call the dystopian New World Order, which is really trying to make its mark in the last few years, um, to the utopian New World Order between 23 and 25 in that space. Um, that's that's my perspective. That's what I, you know, reading the play, how I see, th- see things playing out. Um, we we are in a big evolutionary leap as a humanity. So from that human spiritual point of view, what what do you have to share in the way of a, you know, a little bit of wisdom here for, for everyone? My view is this. <clears throat> the, the There's a contextual difference between the way things are now and the way things will be in the future, I believe. And that contextual difference is thus. If we try and think what society will look like or what government will work like or what the world will be like in three, five, seven years' time or whatever whatever the time limit is, what we're doing is belying or rather mistaking the fact that the contextual shift is such that things don't can't be judged through the same lens. And I'll give you exactly for why. Let's imagine that what happens is there's some form of philosophical revolution that we're under at the moment mm. where our explorations into our inner verse mm. awakens us to our complete abundance and our potential. Mm. If that awakening happens, 
then three to five years' time, what the government works like is completely irrelevant. Mm. Because when you understand that you are infinite, then mm. you when you understand that you have everything you need, you don't give a fuck about the government. So, so, so that's my genuine view. And 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 so so the three to five years, seven year. What's the future of humanity? I hope that the future of humanity, the, the near term, I'd love it to be near term, is that more and more and more of us are aware that we have everything that we need. If we can just get out of the way of ourselves, just step the ego to one side and drop the fear and greed that we operate on, and drop the comparison and be the actual fulfilled version, our truest self and show up as that, that's the future of humanity, near-term, mid-term, far-term. Beautiful. That's it. John, thank you. And um, again, what is the um, places that people can find your books and have yeah. access to those and also to the information on Minima? Yeah, so Minima is at minima.global, uh, um, but equally even that can be found at my website, which is jonathanmacdonald.com. So that's J O N. A-T-H-A-N-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. So it's not McDonald like the restaurants, it's McDonald like the Kings of Scotland. That was the uh, the adoptive parent's name. In fact, my name is nothing like Jonathan McDonald, <laughs> but, but that is the name that I was given this time. But, um, so yeah, jonathanmcdonald.com and the, all of my books are there, all the uh, boatload of talks and blog posts. And um, I'd, love, I'd love everyone to have a look at In Pursuit of Human Freedom, which is one of my recent blog posts because that's um, that pretty much explains why I am like I, I am <laughs> in terms of where this kind of slight rebellious nature came from, a slightly anarchistic. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's if anyone wants to reach out, it'd be great. But George, I really admired being on here with you and you're, you're a great thinker and I'm so happy to be linked to you in, in this particular time round. And I feel as if we, we it kind of like we met each other again. Yes. as opposed to met each other for the first time like when we first met it was like oh there you are oh, great. oh sweet i wonder where you got to <laughs> yeah it's absolutely lovely and uh i think uh it's not going to be too long before we're going to have another nice dinner and 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 a good old yarn on that on that balcony of yours so yeah, thank you girls, again all the girls to tears. truly truly appreciate your knowledge your wisdom your presence your soul expression and uh giving us some really good j mac medicine i just really appreciate it mate thanks george here's everyone <laughs> Um, should, I, should I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> Just hang on for a moment. I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere.